My wife told me not to hit the pulpit, right? Don't hit the pulpit. That's recorded. But for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I was reading my Bible school notes for the book of Revelation. And that's, it's a really awesome book. I recommend everyone. You, you probably read it first when you got saved anyway. And uh, it's an awesome book. And you can really get confused reading the book of Revelation. So I go through, I read my Bible school notes from 20 some odd years ago. And I also read my Bible over and over and over again. Because if you understand the word of God, look, everything makes sense out in the world. There was this little, uh, this little, uh, um, uh, this this uh, dad was just you know trying to entertain his little kid and so the little kid's like daddy give me something to do and then they do it and come back in another two minutes and the dad couldn't do anything so the dad ripped the picture out of the mag of a magazine with a bunch of text on it and then he ripped it into a bunch of little pieces and he said here honey go put this together and so the little kid just in a, you know, maybe like a few minutes came back and all of these little pictures, all of these, all of this, excuse me, all of this, this text on this page. And then he ripped it up small, right? It was put together and the kid didn't even know how to read. And the dad said, okay, how did you do that? And the little kid said, easy. I just turned it over and there was a picture of a man and I put the picture of the man together and then all of the words came together and made sense. You know, when you put the picture of Christ together, brethren, everything else just works out and makes sense. Everything else comes together. So I was reading my Bible school notes, and in the book of Revelation, if you want to understand very easily the way that it's broken up, so it's in three basic portions, okay? If you go to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 19, John, the apostle, was told to write three things. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. So if you want to break up, there's 22 chapters. What did John see? He saw the resurrected Christ. That's the first thing. That's chapter 1, part 1 of Revelation. And then God told him, write the things which are. That's chapter 2 and chapter 3. Those are the letters to the seven churches. That's the second part of the book of Revelation. What's the third part? In chapter 4, he said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which shall be here after. That's after the rapture of the church takes place. So that is the third part, chapter 4 to chapter 22. So those are three parts, and they're all in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 19. And then the teacher said this. The Bible school teacher said, This gives us a sky view of Revelation. And you can see something better from the sky than you can walking through, <clears throat> excuse me, the forest. And so I'd like to preach with the help of the Lord and maybe some water. I'd like to preach on the thought of a message, sky view. I believe that John chapter 3 and verse 16 gives us a sky view of the word of God, a sky view of God's heart, a sky view of God's perspective. You know, a pessimist, you know how they look at things? The glass 
is half empty, right? The pessimist sees a dark tunnel. An optimist, what do they see? A light at the end of the tunnel. What does a realist see? The realist sees a freight train. What does the guy driving the train see? Three fools standing on the tracks. The man has the highest view, but God shows us that there are different views. And God has a different perspective. Have you ever needed in your life and you weren't realized, but you needed to get a different perspective? And you know, sometimes, and I like to read and talk to different people, otherwise you can find yourself in an echo chamber. You know what that is? Repeating everything else that everybody else says. Oh, right. That's what everyone says. That's what they say. Where are they? Who are they? Because they say a lot of things. You know what they say. (laughs) Who are they? But the Bible says that we need to get a sky view. We need to not look at it from uh, this one's view or that political party's view or this one that has this or this one that said their mother said this. Let's see what God said. Let's see the sky view from the throne of God himself. And the Bible says that we see that God has a sky view. Have you ever been up into a really high building or or on an airplane and you just you look down and everything looks so easy and put together if you fly over the midwest it's all these divided up little cornfields and everything and everything looks so clean and easy to understand and all the roads are these little ribbons and you can see how to get from one place to the other oh so easy because you're up in a sky view you ever been up to i used to live on the 20th floor in, uh, with the Jeffersons? No, I used to live in Hong Kong on the 20th floor and that you could look out and you could see the cool cars around Hong Kong racing, but you were so high up, you got a different perspective. And God in John chapter 3, verse 16, he wants to give us a different perspective. And the first one is the first part of the word, the word of God in John chapter 3 and verse 16, we see that it says, for God so loved the world. Martin Luther King Jr. famously said that in his I Have a Dream speech that men would not be judged by the color of their skin, but by what? The content of their character. Now, whether you know that or not, that's a very biblical viewpoint because the Bible said when David was being chosen as king that God doesn't see as man seeth. For man looks on what? The outside appearance. But God looks on the heart. You can't come to a sky view with God and expect to get credibility. Like these two Christians were arguing. You've heard this one before? God's black. And one guy said, no, God's white. No, God's black. You hear people. They're Christians. They argue about this. God's white. No, God's black. So these two Christians were arguing and they were driving in a car and they weren't looking like Hollywood. They were looking at each other, right? So they both crashed the car. (laughs) They both died. And they went up to heaven because they were Christians, right? And so they came up into the throne room of God and they're like, well, now we're going to settle this once and for all. And so uh, God was turned around and they're like, there he is. He's going to turn around. And God turned around and he said, Buenos dias, senores. (laughs) It doesn't matter what color God is. You know what? But God 
has a sky view. And God who looks on the inside of our hearts wants to make us clean because there's a love that comes from heaven. There's a little song that says, be careful little eyes. Have you heard that song? Be careful little eyes what you see. And then it can go, be careful little ears what you hear. And I think it's be careful little hands what you do. And then the chorus, do you remember this? For the Father up above is looking down with a lightning bolt, right? Ready to kill you and squash you like the cockroach that you are. No, that's not what you see. That's not the sky view of God. You know, a lot of people think that God's an angry old man. Get off my lawn! You know how those angry old men, they're just bitter about life and they just sit there and wait for that little kid to ride their bike, you know, the kids with joy, chewing some gum, you know, waiting for them to break the law, right? And to go into their grass, like, get off my lawn! No, God's not that way. God said, the Bible, the, the, the song says, for the father up above is looking down in love. You know, that it's, it's a sky view to realize that God's not looking to judge you God is looking to love you. There is a sky view. There is the one that holds all things in the palm of his hand. He cares about you. He cares about your family. He cares about your job. He cares about your bank account. God cares. God cares about your car. The Bible says, casting all your cares upon him. Why? For he careth for you. When he was leading his children into uh, the promised land, it said, a land that the Lord God careth for. Have you ever read that? God cares. And the word careth means he watches out for. God cares for you. Have you ever had a caretaker? Someone not this that cares, but someone who's actually there. Someone who manicures the lawns or someone who takes care of the children especially or the elderly. But there's someone who's there. And the Bible said, God so loved the world. There's a sky view God loves. You know, that's something that, you know, if you basically believe everything in the world is a mess, you're going to act like that, right? But if you really believe that, wait a second, that everything in the world, ultimately, there's a God above it all. And the God is not a God of hate. But it's God is a God of love. I was, I, I don't know much about this. My mom told me about this. It's a black guy. And he, he uh, talks to the KKK members. Now, who are they? Well, there's no black guys in the KKK, okay? But he talks to the Ku Klux Klan members, and I forgot his name, but I, I, I probably will listen to an interview. And he has gotten, I don't know how many, like 200 KKK members to surrender being Klan members and just give it up. Why? By just talking to them and just loving them. And he said, well, I hate the KKK. Well, obviously he knows that it's not a good place to be if you're a black guy around KKK members. But there's something in this man that he realized if I can just talk to him and I can just work some things out with him, maybe they'll come around and guess what? He's been pretty successful. God didn't choose to kill us in our sin, but he's like, if I can just get to him, if I can do something for him, maybe they'll just come around. So the Bible said that God acted, not just looked from a sky view, but if you see things from a different way, you will act a different way. You realize that, you know, people are confused. They need help. 
there was an article I read some years ago about people that came from Africa, and uh, they were, I think, from Sudan, the Lost Boys. And so they, they put them in uh, these, like, settlements in, in, like, yeah, like Chicago, North Dakota, where it's cold, okay? And one guy, they would check on him every once in a while, but they weren't used to modern things, you know, like locking your door. And one guy, he got locked in the apartment because there were two locks, right? So he'd lock one and unlock the other and the door wouldn't open. And then he'd unlock one and lock the other and the door wouldn't open. So he just sat there and just waited. (laughs) He was locked in. Preacher, but how did that happen? You know that when we are in our lives without God, we can be trying and trying and trying. And I've been to church and and I read my Bible, but you know what? It just didn't make a difference. We needed, we were struggling, but God looked down and saw us struggling. So he said, what I need to do is I need to give. My only begotten son. I've sent prophets. There have been uh, bulls and goats that have been foreshadowed and sacrificed. But we need to have the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Until that happens, men and women, they're going to still struggle. Men and women are going to be controlled by their passions. But God had an action. And we need the blood of Jesus Christ put upon our life, put upon our country the blood makes a difference have you ever heard no blood no foul you ever been playing and someone scrapes they hit the ground and they get up oh that's all right no blood no foul but when you start to bleed right then everything stops and everyone looks and sees how bad it is right you you begin to see are you leaking real bad or are you are you going to need attention i remember when i was a kid we'd play a little rowdy you ever do that on the playground and we would push each other. Well, I pushed this guy down, and he, I don't know if I hit him or he, he, he bloodied his elbow or he bloodied his chin. I, you know, it was like fifth grade, okay? It's like, preacher, you were evil. No, I was a fifth grader. It's what you do. You push around kids, and they push you down. And so I pushed him down. Well, he pursued me, <laughs> and he wiped his blood all over me. I mean, I, that's what, I mean, look, this is playground rules, right? He was a tough kid, too. I mean, I got, I got scared. I was running after that. And he, he caught me, and he wiped his blood on me. You know, that, that's exactly what Jesus did in my life. That even though I pushed away Jesus, and I lived every way that I wanted to live, and I was just going through, if it feels good, just do it. Just live this way, live that way. Everybody else is doing it. I'm going to do it, too. But every time I didn't realize that I was pushing Jesus down. But you know what? Our sin, I began to realize when I heard the gospel, it was my sin that caused Jesus to die. It was my sin that caused him to go to the cross. It was my decisions and the things that I did that caused him to go there and have the crown of thorns placed on his head and his beard ripped out. Not other people's sin. Because he was without sin. It wasn't his sin. It was me. But I'm thankful that Jesus, he didn't just say, well, you're just going to go to hell. But I'm thankful that the blood of Jesus Christ, it began to come on my life and that God looked at me from the sky view. And you know why the blood of Jesus Christ makes a difference? Because when God looks down from heaven, he doesn't see you and he doesn't see me. He said, when I see the blood, when I see the blood of my son, I will pass over you. Just like in Egypt, it happens today. God doesn't see you and he doesn't see me. He sees the sacrifice. 
Because that was the one action that would make a difference. And if you see the things going on in our lives, in our, in our country, and all of the hatred, what's going to make a difference? The only difference is the blood of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of other ways people try. They try to drown uh, their, their miseries. Some people try to deflect it and blame somebody else. That's why it's good to be married, right? You've always got someone to blame, right? Honey! Why'd you do this? And I'm like, honey, why do you wash my pants so much? They're shrinking. I remember I told my wife that. And she said, honey, they're not shrinking. You're just gaining weight. No one wants to hear the truth, right? And she was right. This is years ago, okay? And I always have to move up. Like the Jeffersons moved on up. I'm going to have to move up in pant sizes. So we went to the thrift store, and it was called the thrift store. I guess they ran out of names to name thrift stores, so it was just called the thrift store, right? And so we went there, and I pulled out this pair of pants that was used, like four bucks or something like that. And it was like a 36. It was the size up from what I wore. And I, I, they had like a little bit of stretch in the waistband. And I'm like, oh, man, this is all right. These pants, you know, they're in good condition. They have some room to grow. But you see, then I had a moment of truth. I realized if I buy these pants, I quit. That is exactly what I just, I quit. It's just what's going to happen. What will be, will be. And I remember this was a moment in my life when I just kind of opened the rack up because there was a lot of pants in that rack. I opened the rack up and I shoved that thing back in there and I said, I'm going to lose some weight. And you know what? That's what I did. You know what? When we come down to it and say, wait a second, it's nobody else's fault. It's my fault. And you know what? I'm going to do something about it. When Jesus was given, you know, that when he was honest on the cross and he died, when he gave his last breath, he said, it is finished. That God finished the work. And I realize in my life, in your life, we can come to the place when he say, with God's help, I can do something about it. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me because God gave his son for me. It's a sky view. God has an action. And God does a complete work. You know, when God does a work in your life, it's a complete work. There was a man named Oscar Hammerstein and he was a lyricist. And his friend had offered to take him on a plane ride around New York City. And part of this plane ride, they flew right over the Statue of Liberty. Right close to it. I guess this was years ago. You probably can't do that now. And they flew so close to the top of the Statue of Liberty that they saw that the top of her head, the Statue of Liberty. And what they saw amazed them. That every lock, every piece of hair, uh, the braids were perfectly formed. They were defined and polished and detailed just like the rest of the Statue of Liberty just like her arms and her face and the crown now the Statue of Liberty was erected in 1886 no airplanes okay so it's 300 feet tall or so and nobody was ever going to see the top said preacher but why would he waste he could have saved months of time he could have, the, the man who uh, created the Statue of Liberty, his name was Frederick August Bartholdi, he could have saved a bunch of effort by cutting corners and just leaving that undone. Why, no one's going to see it, right? Well, years later, they were airplanes, right? He didn't know anything about a sky view, but yet he did, didn't he? Because he wanted to do the job 
Right, and he left us two great legacies. The first one is the Statue of Liberty. I haven't actually been there to see it. But the second one, he left a model for taking pride in a job well done. And you know what? We can take pride in the job that Jesus Christ did. The job that Jesus Christ did. If you can trust Jesus for that job that he did on the cross, it makes a difference in your life. I've got one last thing. God invites us into the sky view. So God has a sky view. God acted on the sky view, but then it says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I don't want to go to hell, but that's not my prime. Have you ever... May, I make tea a lot now, and you, 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 uh, you're pouring that, the hot liquid out of the tea kettle. It's no good unless it's boiling hot, right? It doesn't make good tea. But that steam comes up, and it hits you in the arm. And just that steam makes me think about, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to a lake of fire. I don't want to be there. But you see, the Bible gives us a way out to come into that sky view that whosoever believeth in him, it's an action that we need to take to believe in Jesus Christ that will not perish, but have everlasting life. In John chapter 2, the Bible said, the Jews said unto him, what sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? He was making some claims. Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And they were right outside this big temple of Herod, beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, temple in Jerusalem. Then said the Jews, forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. You know, the gospel isn't something you hear every day. The resurrection isn't something people hear every day. It was weird to God's people. But in John chapter 2 and verse 22, it said, When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them. They didn't even get it. And they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. You know, when you pray in Jesus' name, you know a lot of times what people do when they pray in Jesus' name? And it's unconscious. Have you ever heard someone pray this long prayer? And then they go, in Jesus' name. Have you ever written a, have you ever written a letter and you write this long letter and you just put the postage stamp on it? Why? Because if you don't put the postage stamp on, it's going to come right back to you, right? Return to sender. Well, unfortunately, a lot of times Christians can do that. They'll pray this long prayer and it's kind of at the end. They'll just put in Jesus' name like it's some kind of postage delivery stamp. That's not what Jesus' name is. The Bible says as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them which believe on his name. The power of Jesus Christ isn't saying in Jesus' name, okay? And that's good to say. I'm not, I'm not against that. I do that all the time. But that's not where the power comes from. The sky view comes to that power that Jesus said is in us. That we believe not in him dead. He's not dead, but he's alive forevermore. There's a resurrected Jesus. And the resurrected Jesus has a sky view. And the Bible said he made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
God lifts us up. When was the last time you said, you know what? In Jesus' name, I'm going to live my life. And I'm going to trust God for the victory. I'm going to leave you with this because uh, to sin means to miss the mark. And in the Marines, I was in a, every year you qualify with the rifle. And you have to hit the target. Otherwise, you miss the mark. <laughs> and you get unqualified, which is a sin in the Marine Corps, okay? You look like a, a goober if you don't have a rifle badge. And the last year I had qualified, I had just barely made it. I mean, I, I was the lowest score you could be without not even having a badge. So I was lower than low. I actually cried that year, okay, as a grown-up. I cried. Well, the next year, came up to the rifle range. You'd have to get up really early in the morning on Monday, like four or five, and ride this big old truck. And then three days you'd practice, and on a Thursday, then you would qualify for the year. And there are three badges. There's the marksman, which is the lowest, the sharpshooter, which is the middle, and the top is called expert. And I had never shot expert. And that night, after Sunday night service, okay, there was a brother, he was a Christian, and he was getting out of the Marine Corps. I was in the Marine Corps in California, and he was going back to LA, and you know what? He had gotten under, out of the Marine Corps, not in the best of circumstances, put it that way, and he was going back home to LA. And I remember I took him to the bus stop after church, and I just hung out with him at the bus stop. And so, preacher, what do you want to do? I wanted to get my good night's sleep because I thought if I got my good night's sleep, then I'd be better. But you know what? God laid it on my heart to do something else in Jesus' name. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm talking about just be a blessing to somebody. He said, preacher, but I had needs in my life. I had needs in my life too. I didn't want to fail. <laughs> and it was coming the next day. But I'm just like, well, God, I can't deal with it. I've worried about it enough. I'm just going to be here for this brother. And so I just stayed at the bus stop late into the night until that bus came and took him, uh, got on the bus and it took him back home. And then I went, you know, back and got a few hours of sleep, got up. What happened on the rifle range? Let me tell you what happened. I'd never shot expert before, but by the grace of God, I began to understand what was going on in that rifle range. Never happened before. I am not like any kind of expert with a gun, didn't grow up shooting guns. I shot expert for the very first time. And I believe it was God saying, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna give you the desires of your heart because God gave me a sky view, man. I can do things. And you know, with heads bowed and eyes closed, when was the last time you prayed a prayer which was seemingly impossible? When was the last time you followed through on believing Jesus Christ for that prayer? That's when I'm going to challenge you to do to get a sky view god loves you so much he knows exactly what he can see the way out from where he is he sent his son jesus christ to bust you out of where you are and then he invites you up out of your forest out of your hang-ups to where god is to say look i'm gonna get you out just come up into my perspective here's my sky view and i want to show you where the victory is God has the victory. The sky view is available for you.